The first music that I remember hearing as a child was the Weavers. Do you remember the Weavers? They're still my father's favorite group. He would play us cassette tapes, do you remember those? <laughs> of their music on our long car rides from the Midwest, from Chicago to Canada and back again. They were 14-hour rides. By the time it was my bat mitzvah, I had memorized every Weaver song. I could sing them better than my Haftorah. We would belt out Sainat, 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 if I had a hammer, whim away, on top of Old Smokey, when the saints go marching on. It's pretty epic music. Now he has all those songs downloaded onto his iTunes playlist. So when I'm ever in his car with him or at his house, randomly the weavers will begin to sing and I'll be transported back to my childhood. Now the weavers were popular a long time before I was born, but their music continued to play like a soundtrack through my life. And I know with that music in my head and in my heart from birth, I was deeply influenced by their lyrics. This week when Pete Seeger died at age 94 on Monday, I went back and I listened to so many of those songs, and in my mind I went back to all the places where I either heard them or I sung them, on those car rides with my family, at summer camp, at concerts, and when I was on the March on Washington in 1984 to free Soviet Jewry. I remember thinking every single folk singer I ever heard had to be Jewish. It was so powerful, their lyrics about social justice and changing the world. To me, Peter, Paul, and Mary had to be all Jewish. They were a Jewish folk group. Remember their song, Light One Candle for the Maccabee Children? To me, they were more Jewish than Debbie Friedman. Remember the, that first stanza, Light One Candle for the Maccabee Children, with thanks their light didn't die. Light one candle for the pain they endured when their right to exist was denied. Light one candle for the terrible sacrifice justice and freedom demand. And light one candle for the wisdom to know that the peacemaker's time is at hand. Pete Seeger was an incredible lyricist. Where Have All the Flowers Gone was recorded not only by Peter, Paul, and Mary and Pete Seeger, the Kingston Trio, but also by Joan Baez. And when I found out that Mary Travers was not a Jew, I was shocked. Why? Because I met her in person at was what was the UAHC, the Union of American Hebrew Congregations, which is now our Union of Reformed Judaism. I met her at the Biennial in 1983 in Houston, Texas, where she was singing some songs in Hebrew, but mostly songs as an activist to help us in our efforts to free our community in the Soviet Union. I remember being introduced to her. She was the first star I ever met. Instead of shaking her hand, I hugged her, and as a teenager, what I said was, oh, my parents love your music. They have all your albums. She didn't seem amused. I realized what I should have said is, I love your music, and I still do. This week, as the Jews turn in the Torah to Parshat Trumah, we're faced with an audacious building project, the construction of the Mishkan, or the tabernacle, in the middle of the desert, the very place that the presence of the divine was supposed to dwell, to live in this world among our people and among all people. We read, God spoke to Moses saying, tell the Israelite people to bring me gifts. You shall accept gifts for me from every single person in the community whose heart so moves them. And let them make me a sanctuary so that I may dwell among them. The Israelites took the task very seriously. So seriously, in fact, that 11 chapters later, it reads, the people are bringing more than is needed for the task entailed in the work that the divine has commanded. 
So Moses proclaimed to the camp, let no man or woman make further effort towards gifts for the sanctuary. So the people stopped bringing their gifts. Their efforts had been more than enough to build this place where God was gonna dwell among the people. A building project that was so inspiring to our people that they held nothing back in pursuit of building a place in this world for the divine presence to dwell. How ironic is it that this is the week that Pete Seeger left our world, a man who sang about and believed in our ability to build a peaceful world to the very last days of his 94 years on this earth. As his voice fades, I wonder, is it too late? Have we stopped listening? Do we as a human race have it in us to hold nothing back, to give all of ourselves, everything in our hearts, to build a world that is peaceful today and tomorrow for the next generations. I watched a beautiful interview with Pete Seeger at Camp Isabella Friedman in New York, where he reflected on what he called three of the most powerful lines of text he had ever read. He quoted Rabbi Hillel saying, if I'm not for myself, you can say it with me, who will be for me? If I'm only for myself, what am I? If not now, when? Perhaps Pete Seeger's most famous song and his legacy for the Jews is found in the song that he co-wrote with none other than our own King Solomon. Certainly in the original text from Ecclesiastes, it's King Solomon who wrote those words, but in the lyrics to Turn, 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 it's the last six words in the title that's all Pete Seeger. To everything there's a season and a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to reap what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to dance, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Pete Seeger added, a time for peace, I swear it's not too late. I think there's several reasons that this is a Jewish song. Obviously because it's a text from our own Bible, from the book of Ecclesiastes, and also because of what the text actually teaches. The same thing that he thought of when he was inspired by Rabbi Hillel, it's never too late. Im lo achshav ematai, if not now, when? And finally, it's a very Jewish song because of what Pete Seeger did with the royalties, which has become somewhat controversial, controversial in the past week. He decided that 45% of the royalties for the song would be donated to the Israeli Committee Against House Demolitions. In the past week, I have read that Pete Seeger was a Jew, a Zionist, an anti-Semite, an anti-Zionist, a friend of the Jews, an enemy of the Jews, a hippie, and a communist, <laughs> to name a few. Yes, he was all of those things. He protested against wars from Vietnam to Iraq, received a prison sentence for refusing to testify in Congress about his participation in the Communist Party. He visited Israel in the 1960s. He sang there, Tsena, 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 and he supported the rights of the Palestinian people to a homeland and with the royalties from his song, Turn, 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 hoped to hammer out justice by supporting Israelis who were against house demolitions of Palestinians. 
So it's complicated, but what do we as Jews make of Pete Seeger and his legacy? He believed in peace. He sang our songs. He quoted rabbis. He visited our homeland, performed there. He was against human rights abuses of the Palestinian people. Sounds all right to me. I believe in peace. I sing our songs. I quote rabbis. I lived in our homeland in Eretz Yisrael. And I am against human rights violations. And I believe that the Palestinian people deserve their own homes and their own land. Maybe you're like Pete Seeger, too. I also believe in what he said. The world will not be here in 50 years unless we learn to communicate nonviolently. I believe that the world as we know it today will not be here in 50 years if we continue war. So listen to the second verse of Light One Candle. Light one candle for the strength that we need to never become our own foe. Light one candle for those who are suffering a pain they learned so long ago. Light one candle for all we believe in that anger not tear us apart. And light one candle to bind us together with peace as the song in our heart. This morning, one of our grandparents was carrying her little baby granddaughter out of the Bagels and Babies group we have here. We had about 100 people crammed into Martin Meyer reception, singing and dancing, getting ready for Shabbat. And this grandma shared with me how amazing Mimi Greisman was, the leader of the program. And she said, you know, she sings Osei Shalom to the kids, and she tells them to pray for peace. And she laughed, and she said, they don't even talk yet. They're babies. How can they pray for peace? So I stopped for a moment on Lake Street, and I looked into little girl's beautiful one-year-old eyes. And I thought about the weavers. When did I start hearing them sing about peace? Was I in the womb with my parents driving? Was I six months old? Was I two years old? Who knows, I told her, what the impact might be of teaching babies to pray for peace. It's never too early to start. We have to start very young so that our three-year-olds and our bar and bat mitzvah students and our students on college campuses and our young couples and our altacockers and our army generals and our presidents and folk singers can all still believe and work together. Because in the words of Pete Seeger, I swear it's not too late. Shabbat Shalom. Would you like to hear me sing some Pete Seeger? Would you? Would you? Would you rather hear Cantor Barrick and Marsha Addy sing some Pete Seeger? Would you like to sing along to Pete Seeger with them? Yes. So for, for the end of our drash of the sermon, we're going to ask everyone to sing this song called Turn, Turn, Turn from Ecclesiastes. To everything turn, turn.
Peace. 